0: Welcome to Power Hour. Today, we have a very special episode made possible by the National Lottery. I'm so thrilled to be joined by two exceptional athletes today, Chrissy Wellington OBE and Alex Yi. As always on this podcast, I want to learn about the mindset, the motivation, the routines, the challenges, and to truly understand what it takes to achieve great things. Both Chrissy and Alex are incredible athletes who have had a little bit of fun injected into their lives thanks to Park Run, which if you don't already know, Park Run are free weekly events held in parks across the country where you just show up, lace up and get moving. The Park Run's initiative is It's such a positive, welcoming and inclusive experience where there is no time limit to complete the course and no one finishes last. The emphasis really is all about having fun, getting fitter, making friends, and just being a part of the community. And as you know, I am all about encouraging people to find something that they really enjoy as a way to get active and to keep moving. The modern lifestyle just makes it easier and easier for us all to be in And in fact, a lot of people that take part in park runs register themselves as inactive. So for many people, it is a first step into engaging in something that will promote an active lifestyle. Thanks to National Lottery players, 3.6 million pounds has been raised for Park Run over the last eight years, which is just incredible. And as someone who's taken part in a lot of different races, running events from fun runs to 5Ks to marathons, there's something so nice about just joining an event where there's no pressure. It's not about beating your personal best or competing with others. You're just there for a chance to embrace the fun part of fitness. So as I mentioned, I have two incredible guests today. So let me introduce you to them. I need to take a moment. Honestly, I need to take a breath because as I was preparing for this episode, I was absolutely blown away. Their achievements are just truly remarkable. So here we go. First up, Chrissy is a retired professional triathlete and four-time world Ironman champion. She has held all three championship records related to Ironman triathlon races. One of these world records she achieved in 2019 when she broke the woman's iron distance record, which she completed in eight hours and 18 minutes. That is just insane. And these days, Chrissy is the global head of health and well-being at Parkrun. Alex is a double Olympic medalist, taking home the mixed relay gold and individual silver at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games world triathlon champion and national lottery funded triathlete who competed for Team England at the 2022 Commonwealth Games and has just won double gold, so two gold medals in the triathlon and mixed relay. I'm sure that Alex is still on a high. Watching the Commonwealth Games was so exciting and I'm honoured that Alex could find time while celebrating to join us today so that is a lot of talking from me let's get into today's conversation with Chrissy and Alex and I'll start with you Chrissy thank you so much for joining us on the power hour podcast how are you oh really well and, and thanks so much for inviting me to be on and Alex thank you for your time how's life right now
1: yeah life's good thank you um thanks for having me first of all I've just actually this second got home from the closing ceremony so well from the day after the closing ceremony so Still on a bit of a high, um, but obviously it's a shame. Commonwealth Games has now come to a close.
0: Yeah, I guess it must feel, yeah, well, I can't imagine how it must feel, but so exciting and also maybe a bit anticlimactic that it's actually ending. So I have so many questions for you both. Today, we're going to talk about your experiences, both as professional athletes, your involvement with park runs, and hopefully inspire our listeners to achieve whatever it is that they want to do. Now, I have no idea what it takes to compete at an elite level on the biggest stages in the world. The dedication and commitment that it requires is truly insane. So let's, I guess, start with... Let's talk about Park Run because I know you're both involved and Alex, am I right in thinking that your whole family takes part in Park Run, even
1: your granddad? Yeah, definitely. I think Park Run for us is a family affair and we were lucky enough to uh, be able to celebrate my granddad's 90th birthday a few months ago uh, by doing a Park Run and it's a staple part of his week. I think it gives him a bit of purpose and a community to really be involved in. I think that's really one of the beauties of it that. He can turn up every week and see the same people and and they encourage each other and push each other on. And I think he really loves it.
0: It's so impressive to hear that, that your 90 year old granddad not only completes the race course, but as you mentioned, the word community, I think is so, so important for, for older people, but also for younger people as well. And Chrissy, how would you describe Park Run to anyone who's maybe listening and maybe they've seen it, maybe they've heard about it before, but they haven't yet given it a go?
2: I mean, what you said in your introduction and then what Alex has just said really for me encapsulates what you know what Alex described as, as the beauty of part run. You know, just to dispel any misconceptions, that then they're, they're not races, they're not even running events. They're really social, community-led, and community-based events where people can take part in in whatever manner suits them. They can come along and walk, they can jog, they can run, they can volunteer they can come along and watch and just have a coffee with everyone afterwards and we also have the junior park run series which are for four to fourteen year olds and, and held on a held on a saturday so really for me park parkrun as, as alex said are a way of bringing people together and enabling them to be active outside with others and that is so so important especially as we transition out of the out of the pandemic to have those opportunities to be active with others
0: Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking about. You know, we we tend to move on and forget about things quite quickly, which I suppose can be a good thing. But if you think back, it wasn't that long ago that we weren't able to meet with more than six people or we weren't able to go to any group events. And so, yeah, I think a lot of people right now, more than ever, they want to connect with others. They want to meet new people actually as well. I think that's uh, something I'm hearing a lot is that people want to yeah, go out of their house and actually meet people face to face. So over the years national lottery players have helped fund park runs across the country. How have you seen people benefit from having a safe friendly place to exercise, to make friends and to meet people? Alex,
1: I think one of the huge things about kind of coming into sport and stuff like that is the barriers to entry and for some for some someone like yeah national lottery to to be breaking down those barriers is is really important and to have that safe place where people can get involved and come and really make that first step or just keep coming every week i think is, is super important and it's really special to go on the occasion i'm able to go to just go and see so many people with smiles on their faces whether they're running for a pb or if they're running just to, to complete or if they're doing it for their first time or their 100th time everyone's just as happy and and it's such a welcoming community so yeah it's, it's really great to see
0: and also, Alex, as an athlete who usually competes in solo sports, it must be very different when you're participating, you know, with a lot of people and it's just for fun. So how do you enjoy running with, you know, your friends that are at Parkrun and your family that's at Parkrun?
1: Parkrun's for everyone, which is kind of one of the beautiful things. It doesn't matter whether you're an Olympic athlete or doing it for the first time. So so for me, I, I really enjoy the fact that we can all stand on the start line as equals and, and enjoy it just, yeah, uh, all, all the same. So I think that's that's really special and for me i think the really special thing is to share it with my whole family and yeah when we were able to do it with my granddad for his for his 90th birthday we all came around with him we were all encouraging each other and even the people who were coming to lap us uh, eventually when we were we were going around were still encouraging us and cheering us on so i think it really yeah encapsulates the kind of atmosphere and the philosophy of, of parkrun mm,
0: yeah i agree it's so amazing actually when you think about I always feel that, that feeling when in a group like that, when you look around and there's different, ages, different genders, different abilities, everyone's moving in the same direction, whatever pace they're moving at, they've got a reason to be there. And as you say, that feeling of encouragement is is so amazing. And I guess National Lottery players can take comfort as well in not only the community they've helped facilitate through Parkrun, but also the hours of fitness that they've sparked across the country. So Chrissy, I'd love to ask you, how do you think that exercise and movement can change people's lives?
2: Oh, I love everything about what Alex said about you know that 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 unifying experience that is participating in, in park run and we see at park run and, and and outside of park run the value that physical activity and being physically active and moving our bodies in a range of ways the value that it that it brings to us all and it's it's obviously very very personal when people experience the benefits in in many. Different ways, but I love the 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 sense of community. The fact that you know being active brings people together. It enables us to to be outside to breathe the fresh air. We can volunteer through sports, so we can apply our skills or develop new skills. We bec- we can you know develop our, not only our physical fitness but also improve our mental health. And, and we know that in the wake of the pandemic, you know. M- there are there's a real mental health crisis and people are feeling disconnected and and isolated and and anxious and just being active is such an incredible way it's been incredible for me personally and in improving and nurturing my my own mental health and i can see it you know in in so many so many others
0: yeah and i can totally relate to that as well i think for anyone who's listened to this show for a long time, they'll probably know, but my entry into running was after having, yeah, probably a really, just a difficult time in my life. And I'd never been a runner before. I'd never been out road running or anything like that. And when you talk about, you know, the benefits of physical and mental health, I definitely can relate to feeling at the time anyway, that it was something I could do just for me, I could just, you know, be by myself or or with a group. But also, it was something about the sense of achievement. You know, I think when you feel like you can go out and maybe just run one mile and you think, okay, if I can run one mile, maybe I can do two miles or, you know, for someone, if it's not running, if it's swimming, if it's lifting weights, whatever it is, the sense of achievement and people cheering you on actually, and looking around and getting to the finish line of some event and someone saying to you, well done. I think there's so much to be said for that, you know, how good you can feel, just by setting yourself a goal and achieving it and others recognizing you know the hard work that you've done and just saying well done it's so amazing especially for parents as well I think often when I see their kids at the, at the finish line cheering them on it's a real nice role reversal because of course parents spend a lot of their time doing that for their kids so it's really amazing when they can turn around and go yes that's my mum and she's just finished that race it's it's really wonderful
2: and I think Adrian you know You speak to the fact that we are all beginners once. We've all got to take that first step. And my route into endurance sport was much the same as as yours. I I needed it to to nurture my mental health. And that's why I took up running and found that, A, I enjoyed it. And B, I had a talent that I never knew I had. So really, it's about encouraging people just to take that, that very first step. And that very first step can be really, really daunting, can't it, for all of us. But once you take it, you realize that taking the second step is that little bit easier and then taking the third step is, is easier still. So yeah, I think your journey um, will resonate with, with so many and, and for, for, for most people, it's just taking that initial step, which will be that, that amazing catalyst to change.
0: Chrissy, you've been working with Parkrun for a long time. So
2: how have you seen the National Lottery funding help Parkrun to grow? Oh, it's had a a phenomenal impact, Adrian, really. The the funding has enabled us to really strengthen and deepen and maximise our efforts to engage as many people as possible in in part run and in in junior part run events. And we've um, utilised the funding across every area of the organisation in terms of our communications work, research and insight. Our event activation, event delivery, and in our outreach and in engagement projects, and so the the funding has enabled us um, to to deepen our efforts across you know the suite of suite of our business, and you know truly it's it's had a phenomenal phenomenal impact, both in terms of the number of events, but also in terms of the number of participants that that take part regularly in in those weekly events.
0: Yes, 100%. And actually, I'd love to hear from both of you to go back, you know, to the start of your, your journeys and to hear a little bit, I suppose, about your gateway, you know, what got you started? Why did you, um, what was it about endurance events? And actually, what was it specifically about triathlon that drew you in? So Alex, can you tell us first?
1: Yeah, so I was quite fortunate that my dad before me did triathlon or duathlon, which is running, cycling, running, instead of swim, bike and running. And he took me over to the first ever Crystal Palace Triathletes session. For me, I was doing lots of different sports at the time I was eight years old. And uh, for me, there was something about triathlon, which, yeah, really challenged me and kept me coming back. I remember the first time I went, I couldn't get up one of the climbs in Crystal Palace. And I had a determination to go back and a desire to, to do that challenge and then the next challenge. And for me, that really gave me a purpose in kind of what I was doing and... I strive to be better and better and I was just enjoying it as well. I had a lot of great friends around me and, uh, yeah, great community within the, the triathlon club I was in. So yeah, that kept me coming back and I mean, here I am. So yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: It's so good. <laughs> so yeah. And so good for us that you did. So, I mean, back then I'm, I'm guessing you never, did you think back then, okay, when did you start to think I want to do this professionally? You know, did you ever think that you'd go to the Olympics and the Commonwealth games?
1: I always find it hard to pinpoint an exact time where I was like okay this is really what I want to do because I think along the way I was having so much fun but I think kind of one of the the really defining moments for me was having the Olympic Games in 2012 in London being from London myself and having that level of competition on my doorstep to be able to just get the tube and go and watch the triathlon for free and not even be able to get to the front of the stands because there were so many people there and to hear the roar of the crowd and energy and yeah to see Alistair and Johnny get um, first and third was yeah kind of an unforgettable moment for me and then to to come full circle and yeah help Johnny get his gold in Tokyo in 2020 was yeah amazing.
0: For so many young athletes for so many people the 2012 Olympics being in London as you said just being made it so real and made it so I don't know. I think the whole city, the whole country—you know—you couldn't. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was thinking about it. So I can only imagine, as a young athlete, what that how much that could inspire you. And Chrissy, how about you? What was your entry into triathlon? (laughs)
2: Um, I think my story um, is indicative of the fact that there are many routes to sporting success. I think I took the one that was slightly less conventional and and less traveled. So I came to professional sport quite late. I my my passion around which I kind of anchor my life is is international development and driving positive change. So I was actually working for the government as a policy advisor on international development and as I explained before kind of found running. I spent some time living and working in Nepal and I did a little bit of cycling there and and kind of built some physical and psychological, very important psychological strength. And it was really coming back from Nepal um, and someone suggesting that that I try triathlon was my kind of segue into into the sport. And things happened a lot more, a lot faster than is probably conventional and than I ever expected. And at the end of that year, I I became a, a professional triathlete. But you know, in answer to your question about, you know, what is it about triathlon as, as Alex said, it, you know, so much centers around, around the challenge and and having three disciplines in one sport is, is an incredible challenge. Balancing those three disciplines and becoming proficient in three is, is, is really quite difficult, um, but really, really appealing to kind of try and try and perfect. But, i think it's really importantly i love the the camaraderie the sense of community in triathlon i i really enjoy the fact that i can compete on my own independently but have a phenomenal team around me for me that's a a, a lovely balance of of independence and interdependence um i love the masochism i have to admit <laughs> i really love <laughs> testing myself and and seeing you know how you know Uh, what my my limits are and whether I can exceed my limits and I'm really proud and and I'm sure Alex would agree that triathlon is while it could improve in terms of some elements of diversity is incredibly egalitarian in terms of female participation and the opportunities for for women to get involved in, in, in triathlon are you know parallel to 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 the men and and so that that really was appealing to me and that I had that opportunity to to participate as well and participate on on that global stage on a level playing field.
0: Yeah it's incredibly important and also two things that you mentioned that I really want to touch on there one was around challenge and you know physically and mentally challenging yourself. And when you said, you know, seeing what is possible, this is something that I talk about a lot. You know, I do keynotes, I do motivational talks and I speak to a lot of organizations. And sometimes when I'm speaking to people, I I actually reference endurance events in relation to whether it's, you know, building a business, whether it's leading a team, because there's so many parallels between, I suppose, all the different aspects, as you described, the different disciplines, what it takes continuously striving and challenge, you know, training and training and all the different variables, whether it's the weather that changes or whether it's, I don't know, getting a puncture on your bike, just having to be adaptable and keep going with this relentless pursuit of the goal is so inspiring. And I think that if people could take that into whatever area of their life, hopefully, you know, listening to this, it's such a powerful tool to be able to go, actually, I can endure and I can carry on. So Chrissy, what do you think that regular runners, people like me, people like the listeners of this podcast could take from your experience, even if they've never completed an Ironman themselves, but something they could take and apply to achieving their own goals, whether that's a marathon endurance event or completing their first 5k.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a really insightful comment. Sport of of any type, especially endurance sport, it's a microcosm. Of life, there are highs and there are lows, and and you need to be incredibly resilient in sport, as you need to be resilient in life generally. Um, I I believe that a successful athlete is one that can embrace the highs, but also you know as you implied, it, it endures the lows and develop the tools and the strategies to be able to do that. And I think that maybe. Uh, from the from the outside, it, it might look like, you know, we have a handle on all of those strategies, but really we're developing them day in and day out. So the most important strategies for me in enabling me to be resilient is to break my, my goal, my challenge into small, manageable steps. So whenever I did an Ironman or even, a, you know, a significant training session, I never thought about the entirety. I never thought about you know, the 140.6 miles of an Ironman I simply focused on, on that first step. So getting to that first swim boy, and then the next and then getting on my bike because any challenge, whether it's you want to run your first 5k, you want to walk a 5k, you want to do a, a half marathon, you want to take up, you know, a new sport, that first step is, it, it, you know, sorry, that, that, that challenge seems inconceivable. So just break it down in, into those smaller manageable steps. And I think that's what that process, that strategy has, has really helped me endure and, and um, get through some of the, the tougher times that I encounter in training and racing.
0: Yeah, and you talked then about strategies for for resilience. And Alex, I'd love to talk to you about your experience, you know, straight out of the Commonwealth Games. Do you have a strategy around managing pressure? So performing when it matters most, because for many people, pressure can bring out the best in them. It can, you know, they step up to another level. But for others, pressure can be debilitating and, and overwhelming. So do you have any routines, any mental models, anything that helps you on the day or even throughout the event?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think definitely uh, prior in twenty nineteen um, in the twenty nineteen seasons specifically, I probably felt quite a lot of pressure, and I think it let yeah let me let it get the best out of me, and my performances maybe dropped a little bit. But now I've tried to rephrase it, reframe it with uh, my psychologist and myself that yeah, people people want the best for you. Like pressure is. A privilege and and that people you've just got more people wanting you to do well and supporting you and the fact that so many people are coming out to watch events and stuff like that i think is yeah is it is first of all a privilege and second of all it's just more people behind you and supporting you so that's the way i really frame it and for me um i really have like kind of a a correlation between how hard i find things and the sense of control that I actually have so for me the more sense of control I feel I have that kind of easier things are so for me preparing well and really standing on a start line or 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 whatever challenge it is feeling prepared and thing feeling like things are in my control I really feel ready to go and and almost in a sense when I do have my good results they're not easy but I guess because you're so prepared things just flow and and you really find that flow state and I think for me that's yeah been a really important thing
0: yeah thank you for sharing that that's that's really important to know that and it gives you a confidence doesn't it so whether it's even you know young people when they feel the pressure for example of their exams you know if they've got their GCSEs or their A levels or even as adults we might face things that we put pressure on ourselves and others put pressure on us too and i really like that idea that actually the more preparation you do the more work you put in the more study the more miles i often say that you know just putting in the time and the effort the hard work's never wasted so that confidence i think comes from yeah really just putting in the prep and as you said the more prepared you are the, the more you can, I guess, like trust that once you get into it. And you mentioned then about working with a psychologist and Chrissy, you mentioned about the team element. And of course there are so many people involved from coaches to mentors. And one thing listeners might not know is that national lottery funding played a large role in the progress of so many of our Commonwealth athletes. So Alex, how important are top tier training facilities and resources for an up and coming athlete?
1: yeah definitely i think uh, we always joke after the mixed team relay that there's the team and then there's the team um and the people behind us that you probably don't see is enormous and the support we get from all kinds of pillars of sports um sports science and then also in logistics and uh other support is just immense and, and really allows us to perform at our best and uh, for me i've really benefited from the risk yeah from being around that kind of support and and receiving that from kind of my teenage years and and yeah and being able to to really stand on the start line feeling the most supported athlete um and then yeah allowing me to kind of perform my best
0: and Chrissy how have your different team members coaches mentors different people how's that impacted your your experience
2: yeah I mean uh, I see training for as a professional athlete as as a twenty four seven occupation so for us it 's not simply about the swim bike and run it encompasses you know every aspect of our lives whether it's as you know as Alex referred to that you know the sports psychology angle whether it's it's nutrition whether it's uh, and diet whether it 's sleep it's massage it's physiotherapy and and so the support from the national lottery facilitates The expertise for in in all of those areas and many athletes face as alex alluded to before you know barriers to um to entry or to achieving their potential and i think by removing some of those barriers whether it's access to expertise access to facilities access to information through that through that funding it creates that you know a much more streamlined comprehensive um, and effective performance pathway Um, and we've seen it we've seen it in you know in the olympic games and now we've seen it with our own eyes at the commonwealth games um, that have just ended so these athletes have benefited from national lottery funding and it's it's certainly you know shining through in 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 terms of their performances across the board
0: yeah it is so so important and actually thinking even just hearing it from two athletes like yourselves you know all of the different all of the different parts all of the different people that play a role in that and access is so so important if you don't you know if you can't get access to the right training or to the right equipment even, or to the right, you know, even the kit, you know, for some people, especially young people, it's yeah, overcoming those barriers, seeing and knowing that it is possible for them. We have so many talented people, so many talented athletes in this country. And wow, it's just it's just amazing to, ha- to have you both. It's been absolutely fascinating. And before we conclude, of course, finally, this is the Power Hour podcast. So I'd love to talk to you both about the Power Hour. Now, the concept is really simple. For me, it's about the first hour of my day. I, of course, have spoken to over 200 people now on this this podcast about how they start their day, what they include, what they don't include. So I'd love to hear from both of you. Chrissy. maybe you can tell us first. What does the first hour of your day look like?
2: As a retired professional athlete, not the same as it it did when, (laughs) when I was competing. So my day now starts with, Mama! Can I get out of bed yet? <laughs> um, so that's usually my my wake up call. Our six our six year old six year old daughter. I um, what myself, time is that? Uh, you know, we've we've managed to push it back to a much more agreeable time of about six thirty, yeah. um, which in the summer is is absolutely fine. You want to kind of get cracking with um with with your day, but um myself and my husband like to to read with our daughter in bed with a cup of coffee and then we tend to tag team um physical activity so I certainly don't do the volume or the intensity for that matter of physical activity that that I once did but still for us role modeling that healthy active lifestyle is really important as as parents as it is you know for us for us personally as as well so we make time um for for each of us to to be active in in the morning so usually it's it's a cup of coffee a quick snack and and then invariably a run or a very very quick quick bike ride and the other one is is getting our daughter ready for whatever activity she might have have that day so that's 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 really the um the start of the day for me and of course on on a saturday I like to throw in uh, the odd park run as well i love that and also i would just
0: absolutely love to go to a park run and to see you there or to see alex there and i feel like people must i don't know obviously if you secretly get a little bit competitive people must spot you and think oh my gosh and just try and keep up with you for the first 50 meters maybe
2: i like to i I mean i like to walk at park run actually adrian and and volunteer at, at park run it's an entirely, you know, new experience for someone that has anchored their life around around being competitive, being a competitive ac- a- athlete. You know, taking part in, in in a in a different way is is really important. And as Alex said before, taking part with friends, with family, taking our daughter to junior park run is is really really important. Um, and so, yeah, I, I enjoy taking part in in a range of different ways. And for me, that that's that's the beauty of of park run.
0: And Alex, can you talk to us a little bit about your power hour? So typically when you wake up in the morning, what time do you get up and what do you do in the first hour of your day?
1: My first hour, I'd probably wake up between 6 and 6.30. Depending on what time we have, Lane's book for swimming. We swim six out of the seven days of the week. So I get one day of grace where i probably wake up probably close to 7.30. And those days would probably start with having something something small to eat, so a banana or some wheat of X or something like that, and then getting in the car pretty promptly to go to a swimming in uh, in Loughborough, which is quite close, and then I'd probably spend 15 to 20 minutes doing some swim mobility stuff, and then, yeah, start swimming. I think half of my, my hour would be swimming, unfortunately, but... <laughs>
0: yeah I don't I'm not surprised to hear it to be honest and uh, I love that you said I get one day of grace and that you and that you're up by 7 30 because I think most people on their one day of grace would think oh I'll sleep till 10 but you're still up I suppose you're probably so used to it now
1: yeah it's your body clock isn't it I guess um for me I still like to keep fairly good habits with my sleeping because I think yeah the way you sleep the sleep hygiene is quite important to how you start your day and how you feel and I think starting on in, on the right note is always quite an important thing. So for me, though, I'm not going to lie, my, my going to bed habits probably aren't as good, but my, my waking up habits are a lot better and I, I like to start the, the day on a positive note.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. I'm also a big advocate of early mornings and also of moving in the morning. There's something so wonderful about movement first thing in the morning if you can, whether it is running 10K or doing 10 minutes of mobility and stretching, I think it's an absolute game changer. And I I know for some people, they they kind of sigh and say to me, Adrienne, I'm never gonna do it. But I encourage people to give it a try, especially in these months when the sun is up early, it's so beautiful outside. And actually, whilst it's hot, the best time of day to train because it just gets hotter and hotter so yes let's get up let's get moving and thank you both so much for joining today that's all from this podcast episode but Alex and Chrissy I can't thank you enough I have really enjoyed
1: talking to you both
0: thank you so much
1: thank you very much for having us
0: and of course thank you to the national lottery for making it happen big thanks to national lottery players 3.6 million pounds has been raised for parkrun over the past eight years and that's not all national lottery players support elite athletes like alex yee and thanks to national lottery players over 40 million pounds was raised for the 2022 commonwealth games it's amazing what the national lottery does for people have a great week everyone lace up and keep it moving see ya